Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Art of Money podcast, where I share honest conversations about how money influences our personal experiences, beliefs, and relationships, infusing this taboo subject with a loving dose of dark chocolate and inspiring encouragement. I am Barry Tesler, a financial therapist, author, and creator of The Art of Money, which is my flagship program, year-long money school, and global community. Integrating money healing, money practices, and money maps, The Art of Money is my holistic framework, blending therapeutic, body-based practices with the real-life tools you need to create healthy, sustainable change in your relationship with money. So you can say goodbye to that dusty old budget and hello to healing your money life. Learn more on my website, barrytesler.com. For now, grab something to sip on, get comfy, and tune in to today's episode of the Art of Money podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new Art of Money interview. And today I have one of my dearest girlfriends, who's also a colleague and my photographer and so many people's photography furs that I know and love. And I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to read a little bit about her from, I, I don't have an official bio, but this is just what I wrote yesterday. And then I, and then I'll have her fill in the rest. So Danielle Cohen is joining mm -hmm. us today. And she is a mom of four, which blows my mind. Um, and I know all of them and love all of them. And she, it's three young men. They're young men now and one young girl. And as I already mentioned, she's an amazing photographer of so many women that I know and love. She was the photographer for my book cover, my magazine cover, website photos, and even some boudoir photos that we did in Montreal for my 50th birthday. She has done many things in her career and now she is offering creative business life coaching, which, you know, she might not define it as that. So I will, we'll hear from her in a moment and she's really focusing on visibility. And so we're going to define what visibility means to her, what it looks like, what we think it should be, um, how she is supporting business women around this really important, sensitive topic. So that's a little bit of my intro. There's so much more. So welcome, Danielle. Welcome. Thank welcome. you. Thank you. So fun. I get to look at your beautiful face and have conversation with you. And what's better than that? Oh, okay. So we're, we're you know, having to shift into, um, we're, we're in our colleague business mode today. <laughs> um, you know, we, we text each other a lot. We, she's taught me how to audio, audio text, <laughs> um, which I now love. So how would you continue that description of your work in the world and give us a little snapshot of life, home, family, okay. and work right now? I know that's a lot, but see, yeah, just yeah, share Yeah, we'll see how you, you have full permission to interrupt or disrupt if I, if the threads go too off. 
one thing that struck me as you were talking is that um, of those two young men, one of them is old enough to have had, how do I say this? One of them is old enough that at his age, I had one baby and the other one is old enough that at his age, I had two babies. Wow. So it's just really interesting to be at that place. And I will say that they are some of my favorite people on the planet. And it really is like such a strange, beautiful thing to have adult children. Um, my youngest adult child likes to joke that I had babies so that I could have best friends. <laughs> and maybe he's not entirely wrong, although I still wear the mom hat as one does. So that's lovely. Um, and in terms of how it looks in the moment, everybody has been home. We, we migrated from California to Vermont in the midst of the heat of the pandemic in August, the literal heat and the heat and of kind of the uprising. We piled all six of us, plus our dog, plus one of the boy's friends who's, you know, like an extension of our family and we love him. And we drove across the country pretty, pretty swiftly and landed in Vermont. And we've been here for the last year. And there's a little bit of reorganizing happening. My 22 year old recently moved near you in Colorado. And my 20 year old is now back in Montreal going to school. So we're just, we're back to the bookends. My oldest and my youngest are here and we're just sort of finding our way. And, um, and I'm also in this specific moment feeling that seasonal shift towards fall. It was a few weeks ago where I was like, oh, I smell it. I just caught a, I caught a little whiff. It's amazing to me how life is that way there. It's like you're in the season or you're like moving towards something and you're there. Sometimes it feels like only for a moment before the next emerging season, whether we're talking, you know, literal or metaphorically is, is there. Yeah. So let me jump in right there because I just saw a photo on Facebook telling me that it was a year ago. So it's been, an, it's a year since you made that journey from California yeah. across the country to Vermont and you stopped. Yeah, that's right. With us for an evening and I got to cook many chicken pot pies and yes. many blueberry cobblers and our oldest girl Kitty was dying. dying. She was passing that evening on the couch. Yeah. And you weren't coming into the house because of COVID. So we were all out in the front, um, you know, eating together seeing each other live, not hugging, you know, and coming in and peeking at my kitty as she was passing and she passed that evening. But it was such a beautiful evening with all of you, with your family, with us, you know, to, to be in that ritual space, to be eating together. And also as you were, you know, making this huge journey from California to Vermont. Yeah. Your family. Yeah. 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 And I, and I would say that I think for most of us, sometimes I'll find myself saying everything is everything. And I can feel like that's a little bit of a collapsing and not entirely true enough um, or discerning enough, but everything certainly does connect with everything. In other words, as business women, 
who are also women in deep family relationships and deep like sister friend relationships while there are different roles and different things we do there's also a lot of integration and and i even remember i remember a few years ago thinking like really coming to this place of that finding a balance is kind of a an, a myth and can even be harmful or just give us a sense of like of being on a balance beam which is precarious and requires you to be constantly in almost a state of hypervigilance and that's exhausting and so i was like okay so what if i let go of this idea that i'm supposed to find balance but instead allow for integration right like i'm not in a corporate situation that isn't my life so what if for example, my kids travel with me when I work. And what if it's not always the biggest deal in the world if they need something and I'm on a call, depending on what type of call. They know that there are certain things that are like, yeah, you don't belong in this space. This is private, sacred space, and you can't interrupt it any more than if I was having private, sacred space with them. No one else, you know, boundaries, right? But shedding some of this, like, striving for looking at our life like a pie chart and instead being a little bit more like like actually the ingredients all baked in together and how some of some of you know what's happening in our partnerships our romantic relationships is actually informing what's showing up in our work or what's ha happening in our parenting or in our you know reading of fiction not just nonfiction is enriching how we show up in the workspaces. So just kind of allowing for that. And, and that feels healthier, that feels more um, spacious. And for me, that's kind of like an inroad in terms of how I see visibility, which is in a few different ways, yeah. Okay, before we get to visit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. one transition question here, okay? Please. Because, you know, you all moved to Vermont a year ago and, you know, we're in the midst of the pandemic and all of your work as yes. a photographer of so many women where you were traveling all yes. over the place, you know, having live photo shoots that were incredible and you had to make a significant pivot like yeah. many did during this time yeah in what their work looked like yes and, and I want to hear more about that transition because okay. that led into you evaluating everything you're already evaluating like you know what's the best yeah. business model um yeah. how do I you know how do I make this work again from you as a mom of four wanting to have an integrative life like you you know you've been evaluating your business model and services and offerings for a long always. time right it always right? i don't think that stops right like we're always i mean i don't mean always as in like every moment of every day but i do think that we're looking right and reflecting and what really fits right now what do we want and all of that i love so, that you're asking me that certainly yeah certainly you know and based on time and energy and money yes and 
family and health. And, you know, that's always my little equation of like evaluating what's the right offering, what's the right business model. But, you know, I, so you, so tell us a little bit more about, yeah, what was happening inside of you and you knew you couldn't travel or, and, and that led to um, this offering. I wasn't going to say the creation of this work because this work has always been there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what, this is essentially what happened in 2018 and 2019. I had gotten to the point where I was on the road about a hundred days a year and I had pulled my youngest out of school. She was homeschooling, not only for this reason, but it was one of the pieces that just, like you're saying, looking at all of those different pieces of how can I do this in a way that works for all, right? And that meant doing more of it together as opposed to me just being gone. And truthfully, they learned so much by having those rich world experiences. Um, And so that was a fit for us in many ways. And I loved so many things about it. And there was this ongoing both craving and calling for doing more to name what was happening beyond and within the photo sessions. So most of my photography has either been body stuff. We'll call it boudoir for the sake of putting language to it. I would say that was like, especially in the beginning, a lot of what I was doing um, because it's what people were asking for. And then what I found was even as I was moving towards branding, again, not a perfect word, but you know, women in context of their business and telling the stories and communicating through photos who they are and who they're wanting to call in, um, which I really loved. This is, this is a sort of related quick aside, but it's important. What I really love so much about that and what makes me excited to photograph in that context is it's like this multi-layered thing of one, we get to see women in context of their work in context of their ideas and their contributions and their creations. And that's like deeply profound to me in terms of making what has been for so much of our modern existence invisible, women's work, the work of supporting, cultivating, championing, strategizing, all of that stuff that's been done unpaid and unseen, which is so much of what whether I'm working with an artist, a coach, a financial therapist, it falls into any one of those categories. These are all roles that have been done in domestic environments or community environments, unseen and unpaid, right? So that's profound to me. It's also women's bodies have been used so much for selling other people's products. So to be able to have your own presence for your own purposes and the agency and sovereignty in that is just, I think, stunning. And because we're, we're, my vision is we're flooding the visual surfaces and places with real women that are, you know, for the most part, unaltered, it's changing beauty narratives. I think that the body positivity movement is stunning and doing so much incredible work there and this is like an adjunct other way that in at least my hope my intention is that it crowds out 
the the relentless selling that is designed to have us feeling constantly in pain so that we keep buying mm -hmm. so that yeah so that that's really exciting to me and then adding on top of that getting to be with these women you know the women that i there's yet to be someone that i photograph that i don't fall in love with and some of that is i think any time that we slow down enough to connect in that human to human way how can you not love what's there and with a camera there's like this permission to really look in a way that would be almost like totally inappropriate otherwise right so there's just so much beauty that I get to experience in that space. And that does feel so good. And in my reflecting that back, that person gets to experience themselves in a way that we just can't do solo. We're not really designed to do solo. So that's about the photos, but it's also not about the photos. And then there's all the things that go into deciding what is the story you want to tell and can you do you have the boldness, the capacity, the rootedness to tell that story? Like the truest one, most often the photos that we're creating, and this is why, you know, I have clients who both book sessions multiple times a year and also that can be using the same photos for three, four, and sometimes five years because one, oftentimes you're shooting something that you haven't fully lived into yet. So while it might feel unsettling in the moment, it's like your future self, right? You're kind of creating a ballast for yourself and a beacon for the people working with you. Hmm. So anyways, I love that work clearly. Logistically, it's a lot. It can't be everywhere for everyone. And so much of what I love about it is really that transformation that's happening and that a uh, bigger expression of somebody's presence of their vocati, their calling. And so I've, I've been saying, you know, I want to do more of that work and I would quietly have one-on-one -on -one clients, but I did not have the bandwidth with being on the road that much. And, and I mean, people don't always consider to, it's one thing to be on, out and doing photo sessions, but each session is like hours and hours and hours of pre and post work as well. They just didn't have the bandwidth. So when the pandemic hit, and the last session I did, interestingly, was in, in Vail, and my client who is a life coach and a doctor, and it's funny because I remember at the time she had like a respiratory thing going on, and we were just kind of really hearing, like things were descending, right? There, there was this sense, but it was still very much, it's over there. <laughs> that was the last, well, that was the last travel session I had actually. Um, and I just, I could, I, I've known for these last couple of years, this needed to come forward. So over the months of the pandemic, while doing all the other things, you know, adjusting and negotiating life, I was also really calling this forward and had some pretty incredible support as well, eventually in terms of actually creating form and framework to the work, to this, this non-photography visibility work. 
Okay, so I'm taking notes because so much is coming up, but I wanted you to okay keep talking and finish. But I'm gonna, I am gonna jump in right now. Yeah, please. Um, you know, a few things you're reminding me of. I just want to name or honor is one. You're reminding me so much of my movement practice from my 20s, which is called authentic movement, mm-hmm. and it's all about a witness and mm-hmm. a movement. And it can happen just with two people, you know, one person is moving and one person is holding the space and is the witness. It can happen with one witness and many movers, like in a circle and a group. And I did all of that many times per week, you know, as I was training to be a therapist as my own practice, and then started move from being the mover to the witness, you know, and you're, you're describing that in a way. And I've never thought about that. Yeah next of your work as a photographer, or even, you know, you as the witness, me as the mover, you know, we've had four or five sessions together and that's what was happening, you know, and there's such a process in that. And so much comes up, so much comes up in your sessions. I know that, you know, as the mover, as the one being witnessed, I even remember like from the first time that I was a mover and having someone witness me, I originally just tried to do, you know, show them how good of a dancer I was and just kept right. doing my dance moves. And I think at one point she just said, Barry, like start again. You know, it has, it was not, it was, it was authentic movement. It had nothing to do with how well I could move. Yeah. It was, yes. I really close my eyes and listen deeply. The impulse to move or sound is really like my pinky finger moving for, you know, Yes, minutes or you know, so yes, it just you know, it reminds me of that that it's such a journey to be witnessed, you know, and that you need that, and we need an unconditional witness, someone holding space for us and love, and you know, and so, and that's what you're that's what you've been doing for so many of us behind the camera, yeah. Um, and the second thing of that is just how much stuff comes up, you know, how yes. much stuff comes up that you would be processing with me, with all, you know, I know I'm not the only one about how I feel my body at that time. Yeah. You got me like perimenopause or before I started, when I was in it, in the heat of it, you know, when my body was fuller and like, there was so much that was always coming up in these sessions and yeah. also where do I want to go? You know, like the, yes. the session in Montreal, the final one was, I want a city scene and vibe. Yeah. That's where my work is going, even though I live in Boulder, Colorado, but I love visiting cities and that just feels more where I want my work, you know, to be going. So there's so much in that, right? And so much yeah. that you've been holding space for and processing and talking through, you know, before, during the session, in the heat of the moment and then after, right? Yeah. So you've, you've already been doing, you've been doing the visibility work yes. for so long. And then during the pandemic, as you had to pivot and literally change the form and framework of how you're doing your work and offering it, you created an online course yes. um, that you've already done two times and that filled yeah. up, you know, the, the both times, you know? Yeah. And it's your very first online course, maybe ever or in many years. Of this size, of this like size and depth, yes. And 
and also all that work like through before before photography and during there was always non-photography work happening it was just kind of quietly in the background and there is a doula-ing element to it as well but one of the reasons in addition to the witnessing why so much stuff comes up is that we're often there's a there's a there's something that's called forward doing the session right so whether it's a book a launch the first time you're doing a website a website rebrand right there's typically an event of some sort even if it's something that you're scheduling regularly it's still an event and so there that's that is one of the reasons why i mean thresholds are places that require tending you know um and you know this is so everyone who's ever worked with me has heard me say it's awkward on purpose. I'm probably not going to tell you. I'm not going to do a lot of directing in the beginning or during some moments and that's on purpose and I know it's uncomfortable and and I and and that's on purpose also because that's when we get those just the pinky wants to move to the beat kind of moments, right? That's when we can access the non-performative. We're grown-ups. We have figured out how to be in front of the camera when we have to be. We've also figured out how to dodge it a bunch if that's our thing. Or for other people, they've, they're really comfortable in front of the camera, but typically in a handful of specific ways. They know how they want to be. And this is, again, literal for the camera, but it's also true in how we can tolerate being seen, period. The words that we say, the messages we put out, the offers that we put out. So, you know, it's these these different opportunities to access what else is available when we're not performing, when we're not, yeah, just to put some language to it. That word feels so loaded right now, but I, I just mean it kind of in very much in the context of what we're saying. Right, right. So finding the moments of when we're not performing, finding the moments of being authentic, all these words are loaded these days. They're all loaded. And, and my take on authenticity is a little bit like, I don't know that we can ever be inauthentic because even when I'm performing, I'm authentically performing, right? That's, that's who I am in that moment. So I think that there, I just wonder sometimes if all the striving for authenticity is creating a distraction and that maybe the quest is for honesty mm. with like deep mm. radical compassion you know something yeah yeah i don't know i don't know yeah in the past it was being authentic and now maybe it's just being more honest and i i love though that we're naming some of this that of course it's there but we've never named like you are working with people when they are up against a threshold. I wrote, first I wrote event, transition, identity shift, and then you said threshold. And I was like, of course. Yeah. And I don't even know if you know, but my thesis in my twenties was all about taking women through transition and thresholds. Mm, I didn't know that. That's yeah, beautiful. creating rite of passage rituals through authentic movement. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Beautiful. Okay. So similar work, you know? Yeah. Um, and then mine became financial therapy, but it's, you know, in yours became this. And so 
but it know. was, I mean, at one time it was a, for a long time, it was about birth work and that what was exciting for me there wasn't about giving women a natural birth experience. What was exciting for me there was about them knowing they had choice and helping them have capacity to make the choice they most wanted and then providing the support to go through that threshold to both tend and walk through that threshold mm-hmm. so whatever through, that whatever it was whatever, on their terms so through literal birth through metaphorical birth through yeah. you know stepping into a new place in their life or a next level or however we yes. want to call that you know as a woman as a mom as a business owner Yes. So, okay. We're talking about like, what made you start talking about visibility so much? Have we defined it? Like what, what does visibility mean for you? And I guess here's another question, even in preparing for this, I thought, oh, well, we're supposed to be on video. That's what, (laughs) and you and I can see each other, but this is going to go out audio. Yeah, because uh, I just prefer that mostly. And so, yeah. you know, I even had quite a should. Like, it's supposed to be video if we're being visible. Right. I have all these shoulds. I should be on video more instead of, I actually really like audio or, you know, I love the pictures and then I tell a story or so. What, what is, what does visibility mean to you? Like, yeah. How are you explaining it? To me, I think that I start. I know that I start with the literal definition of the ability to see and be seen. The ability, the capacity, the the rootedness to see and be seen. So, for example, and and as with almost everything, there's nuance and layers, especially when we're talking about business. So let's just, you know, as an example, if you're like, I love audio, that's what I love, right? That's you seeing you, which you happen to be pretty spectacular at. Like you have a really strong sense of who you are, what you want, who you like, you know, what you like and what you don't like. And when you are not sure, you're pretty good at knowing you're not sure and that you need some time and you have some tools and practices and ways of getting there. That's pretty amazing and it takes a lot of people a long time to get there but that to me is that ability to see ourselves right it also is to see ourselves can I look in the mirror and not flinch can I hear my own voice and love what I hear both literal voice and what I'm saying in the world can I meet myself again and again with compassion, and that's a two-fold question. So can I meet myself is one, right? Or am I actually constantly dodging it? And then when I meet myself, can I meet myself with honesty, compassion, clarity? You know, when I fuck up, am I allowed to swear? Oh yeah, Okay. (laughs) When I fuck up, can I, can I be like, oh yeah, that I own, I, can I own that too? Can I keep broadening deepening, widening, you know, my scope, my spaciousness to hold my own vastness, right? Like that's part, a big part of the seeing myself. Now you might do all of that and decide that like, yes, audio is what I love. And you might look at the world and say, yeah, but video is the thing that's going to meet my 
business school. I mean, this is all <laughs> symbolic and I'm not saying any of this is true or real, but you might look at the world and say like, no, but video is gonna meet my business goal. And my business goal actually right now is my bigger want. So I'm gonna take really good care of the part of me that doesn't like video so that I can do it in a way that's not extractive. So that's an example of like what visibility work can look like in one, you know, kind of small way. And also, like I said, it's also the seeing the other. Do I know who I'm talking to? Do I know who I'm leaving out? Do I have the interest and ability to look at all of those things and um, who else is existing and, and are, am I bringing care there as well? And it's also, you know, in my program, we're also looking at things like, are you naming and claiming your work, what you do? Sometimes that's about pricing. Sometimes that's about actual things like frameworks and giving names to things. Um, we do look at branding, but again, it's from a sort of different unexpected lens, you know, um, I see visibility as, as taking up space in the world. This isn't about quantity. This isn't about posting online or how often you're posting online. It can result in that, but it is about, are you, are you living your life? Are you fully taking up your, your space in the world, your rightful space, which we tend to either be worried that we're going to crowd someone else out or we're requiring too much. But the truth is, is, if it's your space in the world, it doesn't ever do anything but make more space for someone else, bring more light to light the way, that type of, you know. Um, and, and do you have the ability to show up? Are you showing up? What do you need in order to show up? And, and that goes into just growing your capacity there. You know, you use that word, you know. Yeah. Visibility is about your capacity. And I think that that's just an ongoing journey, you know, capacity to write, to show up, to be seen, to support more people. You know, I think we're in continually moving through thresholds around that. It's not a yes. thing, right? So it's always, and, and it's so different. We all have different pacing and rhythm. And, we do. Right? And, yes. you know, and those rhythm and pacing, pieces are also oftentimes about our own resources and we can influence our resources. That's like the nervous system work. It's also literal, you know, sometimes it's like, I need more money. I need someone else to make the dinners. I need more sleep. I, you know, like there's those pieces which also affect the nervous system. And sometimes it's like, oh wait, I can actually in turn, I can go in and do some somatic work. I can do some vasovagal toning and suddenly have more available or more tolerance for exposure or for risk-taking, healthy, good risk-taking, the kind that reaps those deeply satisfying <laughs> rewards. Yeah. It's so complex and it's so no nuanced. There, as you said, there's layers to this, right? And there's no one right way of showing up or how yeah. much you show up or how much you post on social media or, and it really you have to honor what phase of life you're in. I mean, it's so similar to my money work, you know, it's, yes. just, it's, it, it, it's a completely different topic and theme, Yeah, but it's so similar. It is so similar. 
Yeah. And there's reality too, that sometimes doesn't line up perfectly with what actually all the other pieces are. And this can happen in money work as well. Right. So there are times where it's like our bodies might be needing something else, but we have to launch this thing because we have to, we have bills to pay. I'm very pragmatic that way. And where I also, and it's, I work with so much abundance, so much wealth in many of the people that I work with and their ability to create lots of wealth. And I know how to create money and like, and also I know what it's like to be in a situation where my body's like, yeah, you really do well with a six month sabbatical and there's people to feed. So let's figure this out. Right. And that's, that's being human inside of our world and inside of capitalism. And, and so navigating those pieces as well. I will say that, yes, it's complex and nuanced in like kind of a broad, big, big, maybe simplified sense when I think of like, what does it take to really do the work we most want to do and show up as fully as possible? I really think it mostly comes down to deepening our roots, feeling our roots, and tapping into the larger narrative. Like even from moment to moment, if you do nothing else, but remember the larger narrative, you can very quickly move yourself out of fear or insecurity or imposter or whatever your perfectionism, however the predator is showing up into mobilization, right? So if you're like, I'm afraid to do this thing, whether it's a photo thing or an offering or raising your prices or whatever. But if you can remember and feel what is the larger narrative here, that's not this thing, but the thing that this is in service to, it oftentimes can free us up to be more visible, to be able to take up more space. So I'm remembering when I gave birth to my son and we had that huge complication and the best thing I could do, like the best visibility I could do at that time was I, I think say to everyone, I'm in recovery from this, how my birth, how the birth went. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm barely sleeping, you know, <laughs> Um, I want to be with my child as much as possible. Like that's my priority and I need to get money going. Like at four months, I, I had to come back in and make money, right. For our family, um, yeah. family dynamic, um, family household. And so what can I do that I can, I, that I will make the most money in a yeah. short amount of time that I love doing the most while I'm so sleep deprived being a new mom with a bun a huge wild, wild ass fun on the top of my head, you know, and do audio and, and what, I mean, what can I do? And it was my, my course, you know, that I could, and yes. I, did, I offered two of them that year. That was like the best I could do, the best way I could show up the only, you know, the only way I can do it while also honoring that I needed recovery and rest time. And then I also needed to bring in some money 
you know, yeah. to pay for food, you know, and our rent and all of that at that time. And like, that was the best I could do. So yes. you're saying that that's like, you're, you're asking similar questions that I take people through when they're creating a money map or they're figuring out like yeah. what phase of life are they in and tell me about money, energy, time, health, family, like, so you're, you're asking similar questions, but about how best can you show up? And that's visibility for you. Like that's under yeah. the, yeah, that's under the umbrella of how can you show up in the most honest way? Yeah. Can you say more about that? Like that? I mean, that's just one story. Yes. I do want to say some, there's, there's two things I want to speak to on what you just said. And one is my own, just really briefly, because I think these stories are so good for us all to hear and remember in 2000 and wait, when was that? 2012. I was in a situation where I had just had a new baby. I was newly partnered. I mean, we were a few, several years in at that point, but still that felt new. That's one of the things that, because I had been a mom for 13 years, so everything else felt new. <laughs> you know, if it, ha if it didn't have that much legacy, it still felt like, yeah, this is still new, right? But the fight, I had a baby and the financed, finances had gone sideways and I was in a really tough spot. And ultimately I sat down and I did not want to leave my baby. And I did not want to not be there for my then elementary and junior high kids. And I literally sat down with a piece of paper and said, what can I do and who can I do it for? And then I made phone calls. And that's how my business started. And that was like in the height of the, you know, do what you love and the money will follow kind of, which not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not the only thing and it doesn't always work that way, right? So... The other thing is, is that, and this is actually true for, for both of these stories, as for so many other stories, this is what makes us so fucking good at what we do. So many of these, and don't get me wrong, like I'm not wishing more struggle or being under-resourced or being in these hard moments for any of us. And I wish you could have just had 40 days of pure or even longer, you would have the 40 days I at did. that point. But I mean, like I, even longer if that's what you needed and wanted. And in many ways, I wish I could have had, not had gone through that incredibly stressful time. And also so many of the things, particularly as women, and I'm, I'm not actually saying that this isn't true for men, although some of it just isn't because the world's been designed differently for depending on what body you're in. But I'm going to speak to women because that's mostly who I work with. And, and that's my experience. There are so many things, whether it's our health challenges or our kids or our pregnancies or our dips in finances or our bandwidth, that we tend to feel shame and that are professional weaknesses. Or the other thing, I'll tell you, almost every woman I've ever photographed either has it, either a big thing or an even momentary thing of either feeling too attractive or sexy in front of the camera or not attractive. And these places of, um, you know, feeling like we need to contort or hide the very things that actually are where our medicine, our magic, our power, why we're so good that strategy, why we're so good 
at intuition, why we're so good at deep thinking, at multi-layered problem solving, you know, at creation and creativity. So I just think that it's any chance I can get to remind myself and anyone else who's listening to this, it's even a worthwhile thing to sometimes sit down and make a list of like, what are all the things that either the world has told you make you a problem, make you not good enough, make you too much or too attractive or not attractive enough, right? Or whatever. And really like, can you see where those are actually your power sources? Even though the world might still be a total dick about them. That's the thing. It's not to deny that. I'm not saying this is all in, in your mind because <laughs> it's not. Um, but the more that we can really embody that sense of like, yeah, that's why I'm, that's why that's in my zone of genius, or that's why that's whatever that means, or that's why I'm brilliant there. Um, that too is visibility that expands that capacity to see ourselves. It's in some ways it is a calling in of all of ourselves, you know? So I want to tell a short like a story on the other side of the spectrum and, and just to complete this, because that little story I shared was more, yeah, it was a challenge time. It was a transition. I wanted to, I was an older mom. I wanted to just stay in bed and be with my baby, you know? And then, yeah because of reality, the larger picture, because I didn't have a husband who was like working a regular corporate job or, you know, he was starting a new business because he was laid off. Like we, we both had a rally, right. And that's many people's situation. And we had to bring in resources. Um, but, but there were certainly like so many other voices like, oh, but all these other women continue mm -hmm. their businesses. You know, I, you know, there's certainly comparisons, yes. so many layers to, making a decision of like, how best can I show up, you know, and, and offer something where I'm at, you know, yes. and there's so many layers of that, but like, there's an, there's other moments where we are going through a sh threshold where we want to take a leap in a way, you yes. know, instead of like slow down the pacing where I was like, we want to take a bigger leap or we're yep. ready to increase the pricing or, you know, because That's we, the majority of who comes to me. Okay. All right. So you, you tell me some of the work around those moments. Well, to be honest, in some ways it's not different because this is where that, this is where landing those harder moments is really valuable because those moments oftentimes gave you resources that you can then apply to those big leap moments, right? So, you know, there's, there's oftentimes this desire to take up more space in your business. Like once things are kind of like humming along, right? You've got some years under you, you've got some clients under you, you've got some offers under you, 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 you're, you know what you're doing, but then there's this sense of like, what's next or like a, either sometimes it's really clear and sometimes it's not of this like nudging of I want more or I want different and even in the wanting more sometimes there is a pulling back so it could be for example that you know you've worked a lot and you've had a lot of presence physical literal presence in the world and you're like I want my business to keep growing but 
I don't want to have to be the one posting on Instagram, or I don't want to have to be at the front of everything, but I want to make sure that what my business is doing fully embodies the imprint of what I've got going on. Right. So then that, that can be the transition. I mean, there are so many different ways that it can look. Growth has so many different ways it can look. Okay. So I'm going to get really personal with me and you. Okay. Okay. Do it. So, okay. Because um, as I, two things. So I saw you, your price point, which is higher and higher than anything I've done, but we, we, you need a smaller group and I need, you know, many, many for mine. And, and we're going to talk about your price point in a moment, Yeah. Um, but first I'll say, you know, for me, as I was about to open up my private sessions, which I haven't done in five years, I knew that I needed a different pricing structure that was more money than I've charged in the past, but also just a different structure. You know, I didn't want an hour. I knew I wanted 90 minutes, you know, and if I do 90 minutes and do an intake before and time after I can charge more and I want yeah. to charge more because of everything you've already said. Like I've been yes. around for, you know, many, many 20 years now, you know, I have a methodology underneath me of all this experience and work that I've done. And, you know, just, it feels like it's time to, it was time to really go to a next level with my private session fees. It's funny. My voice just cracked a little as I was saying that, <laughs> and, um, but I knew that for me, in order to do that, I had to have some talks with myself and structure in the right way. And then I also needed to confirm that I have this price point for my program that I haven't raised in eight years. And I feel so good about not raising the price point and even opening it up to more people and buddies. And, you know, like, so I, it's important to me on that spectrum of who am I serving that I have the free stuff. And then I have the lower to mid price point offering, you know, my program. And then I have a higher price point. And again, this is all relative What's yeah. high price point to me is low to someone, you know, is medium to someone else. And so, but even just like, once I got the structure and the, okay, it's going to be 90 minutes and it's going to be $500 and, you know, and I'm going to open it up to so many people. And, um, it felt so right and good in my body, but I also like went through all the questions and had a very serious chat with myself. And then you don't know how it's yeah. going to be met or received. And, you know, I opened it up and within two hours, I sold all 10 slots that I opened. And I was like, oh, this is thrilling. Yes. <laughs> it's thrilling. Um, um, people are saying yes to this. They're okay with it. They want it. They want to work with me privately. And so I opened up, you know, I just wanted to see what would happen in 24 hours and wound up having 23 people sign up. Right. So it just confirmed everything, but also I, again, to go back to that felt so good and I need to have those different price points as a business owner, as a woman, so that it feels good. I'm serving many, many, many different people. Okay. Yeah. So there was a, you know, I used to charge $250 per session, um, but for one hour. Right. And so there was a leap there it felt good and right. The community met that, you know, um, again, what's re- it's all relative. Like what one person mm-hmm. says is expensive. Uh, someone else would say that's very reasonable. It's so different. Yes. Um, so that's a little bit about 
my story, but it was me really looking at how long have I been doing this? You know, how many years have I put in um, and all of that so that I can share more, but I want you to share like what made you choose what I feel, what I feel, what I think is a higher price point, mm-hmm. even though you, you have a small group, you know, I know you look, tell me more, but you tell me, tell me your process. So my process tends to be a combination of, you know, what is the value? I, I has uh, this part is is always a little bit. Um, it's all subjective. Well, not it's not all subjective. Certainly, this part is subjective, and and whether or not higher value necessarily needs to mean higher price is something that I don't always love, right? Because there's something in that that says, therefore, if you can't afford it, then you don't deserve or you don't get access to something that's higher value. So that's just a piece that I I think that all of us that care deeply and that are looking at, that are both here to make the money that we want to make and also here looking at the problems of capitalism that's just something that we're going to grapple with and I don't think there's any pretty answer there Um, but certainly that's always present in my conversation with myself as I look at what is the pricing and a lot of it is well what makes sense one of the things for me is like what will make this work when I do something, I do it. I pour myself in. I am a deep connector. I am highly intuitive. I am in there with you. And I want to know that I can sustain that. And so that has to do oftentimes, not always, I also love teaching to big groups. And that may, I may shift or I may either add an offer or shift the format next year in that in that regards in terms of opening it up to more people and doing it a little bit differently. But right now, what I really wanted was deep com- group work with also plenty of one-on-one, like being able to get in there and provide a lot of support. That takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. And there is a lot of right? This is the thing, like everything that we do now has been shaped by all of, yes, trainings, yes, learning, yes, work experience, but also these personal things that we've navigated, right? That's, that's a big piece of it too. So I, you know, not too dissimilar to you. I'm looking at this equation of time, health, joy, sustainability, What's, what's going to make sure I don't drop below my resentment line, you know, um, what allows me to do this work and do it really well. If I had to say it in one statement, that would be it. What allows me to do this work and do it really well and keep, do, keep showing up for it, you know, resourced and modeling that as well. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Does that answer that? It does. And, you know, again, you know, I said to you, like you, I named yours as a higher price point, but it's, it is so relative and Mm. everyone's going to name that in a different way. And we have a different business model. 
So for sure. Right. Right. So when I even said to you, yours is a high price point, did you have any, well, have any thoughts or feelings or reaction of no, that's not true or no. no. Okay. I okay. like in terms of my, my body experience, I feel 100% neutral. When you say that, I also know that I could get, I could be doing an interview with another colleague and they could be like, you know, the value is probably not being communicated because of where your pricing is. You should raise it. Right. Right. So right. It, I mean, I, and this is also because one of the things and this probably has to do with the fact that I, you know, grew up in multiple places. I've moved so much in my life. I've had so many different people in my world. My parents were two very different people, you know, non-English speaking, you know, Jewish, all these different identities and things and whatnot. My my family is is multi-identitied. <laughs> The spaces that I tend to um, cultivate, uh, create the the people that are in there. There is a, a, a it's it's a it's a group of different. I have a lot of clients in a lot of different ends of the spectrum, right? And and places on the spectrum of all kinds of spectrums. <laughs> and so things like perception around my pricing, I, I kind of just mostly disconnect from. I will say that once in a while, and, and this is also probably part of it, when I did that whole process years ago of sitting down of what can I do and who can I do it for, it really came down to I am the heel I am the healer of the healers or the space holder for the space holders type of thing. And I just was, had a lot of connections and inroads in the wellness community. And I was working with people there and it was mostly men. And there were some injuries around how much money they were making and how much pleasure they were having with the money they were making and how hard I was working. Mm -hmm. And yet there was this, this conversation of me being expensive. And that really just hurt and created all kinds of doubt, like all kinds of things I had to work out, but ultimately left me with this, you know, whenever I see someone who is making a lot of money and living the big life but then questioning why someone else is charging a lot for a photo session, for example. Yes. Which is a big part of why they're making a lot of money. At least a, a, an important element to all of their, their, you know, resources and assets. I just have to, I have had to grow the muscle of letting that be theirs and not mine and holding on to myself and knowing the value that I bring and what it costs me to provide it and what I need in order to be able to flourish and thrive and survive and be healthy and good in it, period. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and this is the deeper work that like we have to do. Yes. Woman, right? Charging, yes. uh, setting our fees and offerings. Yes. As a business owner, um, you know, this is, this is the deeper work that we have to do. Yeah. And there's so, you know, different fields, value, 
different services in so many different ways. And, you yeah. know, I, you know, I came from the mental health field and was making $11 an hour. Like, yeah, I, that, that was like, that was my ceiling. That's where I got to with a master's degree. Like there's just, there's yeah. so many workers there's, and there's so many different fields and there's how much attorneys charge. There's how there's just, I had a friend who was in corporate accounting and made so much money, but she was working 80 hours a week. Yeah. You didn't see the light of day. It was just in, anyway, this is a much longer conversation. It's that the working 80 hours a day. And it's also what it feels like in the toxicity that you're swimming in all day long. I have multiple attorney, female attorney clients right now. Right. And this is not, you know, there's, it's, it's, there's a lot. Yes. Yeah. It is a longer conversation for it's sure. And the one other piece is for me, the, the accessible piece is also just a thing, but I, for me, that gets met mostly in the fact that there's a lot of things that I do that I don't charge for. Yes. And yeah. I can do that when I'm able to feed my family and be well, period. And at this moment, that's, that's the equation that makes the most sense and, and works. Hmm. I think we're just touching on all of this and it goes yeah. to visibility and our capacity to keep growing that. It touches on deeper levels of your work, of my work, of what to charge, what numbers we're comfortable with, where can we grow? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm realizing also your $5,000 is very similar to what you charged as a photographer. Like there's, so you you can be really comfortable in that. And, you know, I can be really comfortable charging $1,000, you know, for a program. There's, there's and just- that I think, yeah, that I think is important too, to, to notice, like it's all arbitrary, yeah. right? And to some degree, and, and my photo sessions are more now than they were right, then right, right, right. because at $5,000, I was coming home with almost nothing. Yeah. Right. And that's just, that just wasn't, that doesn't, that doesn't work. After paying for the hotel, after paying for the hair person, after paying for the makeup person, after paying for the studio, after yeah. paying for your flight, you know, just. Yes. And Not to mention all the planning hours that goes into it, the, the travel days that you're not able to work. If you give yourself any re-entry time or planning time on the outset, you know, there's a lot of pieces. It's not to say that it isn't well worth it. I love it. It's trickier now with, you know, COVID, but, um, but in order to make those things, it, it, it has to make sense. So let's just complete here, even though there's so much more about how do we charge what field we're in? The, the equation for me of time, money, energy, family, health. I love some of yours, time, health, joy, sustainability, doing work and doing it really well, not feeling resentful. I love some of you know your things that you add into that mix. But um, I do think that blanket question of how can I, what do I need to be paid in order to do this well causes us to look at time, money, health, family, right? Yeah. What do I need to be paid in order to be able to do this well? In order to be able to do this well, which includes feeling good while doing it, which includes feeling well while doing it, which includes like giving your people all you've I got. value. Yes. So we which, want to pour into our people. It feels so good. Be so generous in that way. Yes. Which includes 
for us, me, mom of one, you, mom of four, you know, being able to be the, be home, you know, yeah, you know, um, all, all like it's, it's that entire picture. It's that entire thing that we're looking at. Yes. Hmm. Is there anything else you want folks to know about visibility as we're completing? You know, one of my questions were, tell me a little bit more about the different themes and the guest teachers that you have in the program so I can just, you know, get a little taste of what some of those other threads are. Got it. Good question. Sure. I'll I'll be, I'll try and be sort of brief with it. The, in terms of the themes and so the way the flow of the program works is like the first week of the month, we typically have a workshop setting the tone for the theme of that month. The second week, we do a co-working session, which is, it is, yes, we're working on our own stuff, but there's some spot coaching and independent time and also together time. And the reason why is one, we all need more co-regulation. So like built into everything we do are these threads of co-regulation of of tools for our nervous system we're all impacted by trauma at this point and that we just have to continue to tend to ourselves so there's tending built in throughout and it's deep work i also want you to be able to create real actual content or moves that you can make in your business and that co-working time can be like bring that thing that you keep not getting done or it can be a specific thing that I'm giving you to work on. And then we have a call that's like a, a group coaching thought partnership call. And then I bring in guest teachers. And the reason I bring in guest teachers is because I have an amazing circle of humans in my life and access to amazing, incredible humans. And why wouldn't I? Like that's an example of one of those places where I wanna be generous. I wanna create ecosystem we have a a shared space inside of our, like you have your cohort space in the Mighty Networks and then the bigger space is the village. And I really, I think about this thought of like, you know, as so many of us do, of how can I create a sense of village? How can I create a sense of, you know, coming in to both get your gifts and give your gifts? And um, yeah, so so the, the teachers come in and you've been one and sometimes it's like what we did which is very conversational and rich and other times it's a specific workshop Allie Mason from something greater social just came in and did a very <laughs> data driven you know tactical workshop and then Alexandra Franzen is going to come in this that was last month and then this month she's coming in and she'll talk about ours is going to be more conversational and also talking about not using social media at all So again, I'm not here to sell you on a way because quite frankly, I don't, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Like I want to, I want to actually remind you again and again that it's about finding your way and creating your way in context of collective care, right? Not your way at the cost of another. But I really believe that when we're, when we're in deep relationship with ourselves and coming from our, our deepest wants, that that does include the other. We are relational at our core. We are caretakers at our core. So anyways, 
So the, so the themes, which are our first month, we, we really kind of talk about the problem with visibility, the actual, we do a risk assessment, we look at, we get honest about, you know, the dangers and risks. We've, we, every month there, again and again, we see an example of someone being taken out, taken down, torn apart, right? Like, so for us to pretend that it's just a mindset thing is, not really serving ourselves. So we look at that and we also do a lot of work around um, resourcing and landing safety in our body, in our business, so that we can take that on and so that we can decide which risks are worthy and how we're going to navigate them. And, you know, th this is like a starting point, but it's a theme throughout, of course, um, probably the biggest theme. And then we look at like, what do you really want to be known for? That's that larger narrative. So when, when we can name that, which is oftentimes uncomfortable and not always the way that we tend to think, particularly over giving women or, or giver type women don't always think in terms of what do I want to be known for? But most of us have it, have access to that. And then we look at identity and values. And again, I'm saying these in terms of the themes, but there is a weaving in and out of these things and they show up organically and depending on who's in the group and what's there. We look at positioning and messaging and visuals, what visuals represent, how to create visuals, how to be in front of the camera, how to hire a photographer and how to get some of those richer takeaways and gifts from that experience, both for ourselves and our business. And they're one and the same in many ways. We look at branding and then we look at um, our hangups, you know, the personal injuries and the social injuries and how we can sustain a presence. Because if we can't sustain it, what's the point? Unless, unless we're going for a short game and then we have a solid exit plan, right? But even that's with intention. Amazing. Okay, that's what I wanted. I wanted to hear like the deeper themes and yeah. all the covering, which is copy, pricing, branding, design, yeah. you know, um, where, you know, you call the injuries, you know, but really, and, and starting with tending and starting with learning somatic tools. Yeah. Start and actually, every workshop, every gathering starts with a poem and some kind of tool some kind of something um, because for a few reasons. And one is, is that beauty is one of my values and it just sends a message, one of the larger narrative of our lives. So I find that it helps both me and the group to remember that, they're, that we're okay enough that we can listen to a poem. Right, it's like that urgency that we are all feeling all the time, just to just to take a moment to be, to have something beautiful wash over us. Hmm. Okay, so is it daniellecohen.com? Is that where- Danielle-Cohen.com. Danielle-Cohen.com and where on social media can people find you? I am on Instagram at Danielle Cohen Photography. 
Danielle. Terry. Dear friend. This was so fun. I, there's so much more and we went much longer than <laughs> we tried to do 30 minutes that we would, that did not happen. Um, we're over an hour, of course. Oh, and yeah. And that was all wonderful. And, you know, I hope it just really leaves people just, just thinking more about their own relationship to being vis visible and their own capacity and, you know, their own challenges around it and what feels next and possible or risky or just where they want to be going. Yeah. And what the adventure they most want to have is. That's a thing I find myself thinking about a lot, talking to my clients, even talking to my daughter, because, you know, she's such a, a reader and there's so many myths alive for her, but we're not here to stay in the tower Mm. we're here to go out and have the adventure and slay the dragons oh oh okay i think that's how we will complete yeah thanks my love thank you thank you hi again thank you so much for joining me today what you heard here is a delicious sample of the loving guidance heartful inspiration and practical tools you'll find in my year-long money school, The Art of Money. I hope you found something here to take with you, a lesson, some inspiration, or even just a little grace for yourself and where you are in your own money journey. If you're feeling called to wade deeper here, please pack your financial goals, soul deep aspirations, and grab your favorite person. You can find out more at barrytesler.com.